I hope we don't sound like dumbasses to smart people. <laughs> That's probably the best part about it. <laughs> you are listening to Rebel Femme Podcast. To die at home or to die at the hair salon. Episode 10. I'm your host, Marella Manelli. And I'm Yudera Munoz. Tune in as we have honest conversations about women's issues, beauty, life, and everything super random. No topic is off limits. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Welcome back to our 10th podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Super exciting. Can't believe it's number 10 already. Super exciting. Yeah. You sound really excited. I need coffee. (laughs) We all need coffee. It's Saturday and we're recording and we are on low energy at the end of the day. But on today's episode, we are going to be talking about why you shouldn't get your hair colored at home or from a box from a box and why you should get it done in a hair salon. So we got some really important ingredients that we want to go over with you guys that we thought was quite interesting. And just like many of you that are going to be listening to this for the first time, (laughs) every time we do these like little researches, we're like, Oh my gosh, like this is crazy. Like we start, we learn while we're creating these podcasts for you. So total aha moments the whole way. Like, oh crap. (laughs) Yes. And again, uh, if you listen to any of our prior podcasts about, or episodes about ingredients, you know that we can't pronounce shit. So (laughs) don't come at us for it. (laughs) They're long words and they're they're hard. (laughs) Yes. So Yadira will be saying most of them. (laughs) Thanks, Morella. (laughs) But first, before we even dive into why you shouldn't, we kind of wanted to hit home as to why people do their hair at home in the first place. So I can think of like lots of reasons kind of offhand, and I'd like to think we have solutions for a lot of those things, but, you know, to each their own. I know for some people, doing their hair at home works for them. Yeah. Um, Again, for lots of reasons, but... The very first thing that I can think of as to why a client would want to do their hair color at home if they've been a client of the salon, it's typically due to the time. Convenience. Yeah. Or the, yeah, the convenience. Um, What was another thing that I had? Sometimes cost is an issue. Cost is huge. I think that sometimes, you know, there's some clients I know in the past where they will start to get their hair done regularly, but they might not pre-book. So then they like try to get in last minute with their stylist. And then sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Because the stylist is like, too bad, so sad. I'm too busy. Right? (laughs) Or last minute, you know, event or wedding comes up and they're like, I just need my hairline touched up. What should I do? You know, so I think a lot of those reasons why people go and venture off into the boxed hair land. Yeah. But I think there's solutions as far as like those for those reasons. Or maybe they just haven't found the right hairdresser. That could be another thing, too. Yeah, I think that's a big factor. How would you say that someone could find, I guess, like the best colorist? Ooh. Like, what should they do? That's hard because I feel like it's not just skill level that they're looking for. It's also, do you mesh well with that person? Do you want to spend two hours at a time with them? 
Hmm. See, yeah, so that goes into time. Do you want to spend two hours with somebody that you kind of sort of like or don't like? Exactly. (laughs) And do you want to pay them? Yeah, I think that's a big factor. I know for me, if, you know, I kind of think of it as any service, like, you know, you want to find the right person. And unfortunately, yeah, you do have to kind of shop around. I find that a lot of people will tend to like go up to somebody that has nice hair at the grocery store and be like, hey, where do you get your hair done? I like your hair. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So that could be definitely an avenue. But then what if they go to that person and then the cost factor is an issue? What should the person do from there? Like, how much is too much to pay for your hair? I'm just curious as far as, like, listeners, because we, we've been doing hair forever. Yeah, like, what's what's the threshold? Like, what? What's too... What's... What is... What drives you away if it's too cheap? And what drives you away if it's too high? Too much. Or what would be the reasons why you would go to somebody and spend a lot of money somewhere? Those are all the questions that I want to know. <laughs> I think that if you go to somebody that does a really great job, you mesh well with them, um, and let's say, you know, cost isn't a factor, but maybe it's the convenience and or the time that they need to allot, because you just said two hours. Two hours is huge. Yeah. I know for me, two, two hour commitment every four to six weeks is like... I can't do that. Neither can I. <laughs> I hate sitting in the chair. <laughs> yeah. So convenience, because we have a lot of, you know, working women that come in through yeah. our doors all the time. So why, and time is money t- to everybody, even to us. So why would someone, or what would drive them to, I guess, want to continue to come back into the salon and spend two hours? I think it's also another convenience thing. Like, I know it's not convenient to be here for two hours, but you're also not at home focusing on other things. You get to have your time here and just relax and you don't have to dirty your entire bathroom. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I've honestly, I've tried to do my hair maybe twice my whole life and I don't like the dirty bathroom idea. That's like getting hair dye everywhere. Especially if you get it on the sink. Like, You just have to do, like, this whole thing of, like, bleaching it out and doing all this stuff. No, it's not worth it. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so this is how I would sell, then, the convenience and time factor to somebody like me. (laughs) And for all you working women out there. So if if the reason why you don't go to a hair salon is because of time and convenience. Because cost is super variable. It's all, you know, determined on the stylist, your location, you know, how great of a hairdresser they are and, you know, what you are willing and not willing to pay for. So that's super variable. That's something I don't think we can touch. But as far as convenience, this is something where I think if you are a working woman and time is money for you, you, you said you can come here and relax, but I'm thinking like the kind of person I am. (laughs) You can come here and work. I can come here and work. Yeah. I don't like to relax. Quiet. <laughs> yeah. I like to be busy. I'm always like thinking, okay, I can't just sit here for two hours and do nothing because I have a bunch of shit to do. So I would probably bring my laptop. I would bring, you know, some type of work to the salon. 
so long as the salon has Wi-Fi, which, by the way, Rebel FM has the Wi-Fi. And we have the best password ever. We do. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to share that on the, what, Instagram? Mm, Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, just make sure you have Wi-Fi. Maybe they might have some wine in the evening or for sure coffee. Because coffee is going to keep you going. If you come in on a Saturday, you might get a donuts. Yep. <laughs> a donuts <laughs> with the S. <laughs> you can do some lunges while you eat them. I speak from experience. So this is how I would probably sell it to myself. Yeah, it's like you have everything you need to have. We can even set you up with a tray for your little laptop. Pop mm-hmm. in your headphones and work, 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 work. Like how many of our clients do that? I feel a lot. So many of them do that. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. It's nice that they can actually come in and do things like that. Especially if you have, you know, lots of offspring at home <laughs> and they are bothering you. The salon is a perfect place to come and get your hair done in peace and quiet. So that's how I would, I would sell the convenience factor for that. Mm. And the time factor. And the time factor. Yeah. Convenience and time all wrapped into one. So then it all boils down to cost. Okay. So we know that people or women will dye their hair at home because of those main topics. Yeah. And if it's because you haven't found a hairdresser, I'd probably really stress and urge you to find a salon and a hairdresser that you really like. And if you kind of like the person, here's just a little bit of advice. I think that is really important. (laughs) And I don't think a lot of people talk about this, but I think if you go to, if you go to the hair salon, you need to give the hairstylist at least two shots at your hair. Oh yeah, definitely. Because if you go to a salon and overall you like the experience, you think the hairdresser is great, but she didn't quite get your color 100%, but it's almost there. Just give her another shot or him or her another shot and just let her tweak it and adjust it because we need to a lot of times kind of get to know you and what you like exactly and get to know what your hair does with what we're doing totally because sometimes not all the rules apply to every situation exactly and sometimes you know everyone uses different products and different ingredients which we're going to be talking about exactly right now (laughs) and um you know just going to somebody who's educated and passionate too about what they do yeah. is really important. So don't go to somebody that is just doing hair because it's a job, like it's a job working at I don't know, a register at a gas station. Like, <laughs> you know, go to somebody who truly loves doing hair and, you know, hopefully you find the right person. So, it'll make all the difference. Totally. Okay, so now let's get into why you shouldn't do your hair at home or color your hair at home. So doing research, there is a, actually, while looking through my own Instagram feed, I had a, what are they called? Why am I having a brain fart? Because you, you fucking need coffee. We both need coffee. <laughs> <laughs> an ad, an ad popped oh, up. Oh, an ad. Yeah, those <laughs> things do pop up on Instagram. <laughs> But for some reason, it was for at-home color. So I think the site was called esalon.com. 
And okay. they, like, formulate everything for you. And I guess there's... It's similar to Madison Reed. Yeah. What are the top... Are those the top two? Or is there another one that's kind of popular? I think those are the top two. The difference between the e-salon one is you can actually... They have actual locations. So... Oh, that's right. I remember that. And they can formulate for you there, and then they'll send you hair color. But a lot of the ingredients in these hair colors are a little different from ours, if not a little bit worse, because they have more toxic things in them in the long run. Which is very interesting, um, because when we were doing this research, uh, I knew... A long time ago, I was reading about... Because, like, basically, I want to say, gosh, maybe seven years ago, or even a little bit before that, ammonia-free permanent hair dye was, like, all the craze. Everyone was going, like, crazy over it because everyone says that ammonia is so toxic for you. And ammonia is found in lots of household cleaners. um, Almost... Everything. Everything you use pretty much in your home. So it was just kind of, like, interesting to know that or hear that people were like, oh, I want to use ammonia-free. But you touch Windex, you touch... Yeah. Literally lots of, you know, household cleaners that have ammonia in them with your bare hands. What's the difference between it being on your hands or your scalp? Or your scalp, yeah. There is no difference. It's still getting absorbed into your bloodstream. And for those of you that don't know what ammonia is or what it does, so ammonia basically, do you have a, a proper definition for it by the chance? Um, no, I don't. So ammonia is, is in most permanent hair dyes and permanent hair color is designed to make your hair lighter or brighter and it's also designed to cover gray. So most of us as we age, we tend to go gray and we like to cover our gray hairs or, you know, nice natural highlights that we grow in and the (laughs) ammonia is what it does is it helps open up the cuticle to allow for those permanent hair dye molecules to go in and alter the pigment or add pigment coverage all of that so that's the purpose of the ammonia you need the ammonia to cover the gray exactly So, back to the ammonia-free permanent hair dye, what was really interesting about that is when this whole craze kind of came about, and I want to say probably around early 2000s to even today, I think people still think that it's... like a big issue. Yeah. I know that MEA was like the hot new ingredient that a lot of stylists, even even there's professional hair dye out there that's MEA-based... But MEA was a hot new ingredient, and it was in a lot of, like, different box hair dyes, and it is it is odorless. So that was, like, the huge thing. Yeah. Ammonia has a fragrance. Yeah. And MEA is odorless. But it turns out MEA, which is also known as... Ethanolamine? Ethanolamine? Sure. <laughs> is actually more toxic for you. Way more toxic. Than the ammonia. So the chemical that is odorless and marketed in, as safer is worse for you. Yeah. So apparently um, we did research off of this website called I Like to Read or is it I Like to Read or I Read Labels for yeah. You.com. I Read Labels for You.com. Definitely go check it out. It's actually a pretty cool website. It is. She goes into so much depth. 
as far as like color, nail polish, basically everything. And she rated the difference between, or like the point scale of how bad ethanolamine is in comparison to ammonia. And apparently ethanolamine lives in a five to six rating versus ammonia lives just a little bit lower out of four to six. So it's only like one to two points difference, but still like that's going on your scalp. Every four weeks. Every four weeks. And they actually did a little bit more research and they found that ethanolamine is actually a really big cause of hair loss. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. So just to clarify, Yudira did a lot more research per usual than <laughs> I did. And they actually did the um, comparison between ethanolamine and ammonia to see which one would cause more hair loss. And it was the ethanolamine. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, there was other things that went into how there might be some evidence, I think it was loose evidence, that it might also increase the risk of birth defects. Mm-hmm. But they still need to do more research on that. They need to do more research, but since a lot of these hair dyes are claiming that they are ammonia-free, they're using the ethanolamine, and it has that big probability that it could cause more harm to your pregnancy versus the ammonia-based colors. Wow. The ammonia-based colors have never been known to cause any sort of birth defect. So, basically, you know, why fix it if if it's not broken? Yeah. Because <laughs> ammonia is, like, the very first ever ingredient ever really invented to cover gray hair. And it's a color gray hair, and it's been used since hair dye's been around for, like, ever. Yeah. So, I know, you know, using ammonia-free, again, this is, we're really kind of discussing specifically here, ammonia-free permanent hair dye. Yeah. So, not your ammonia-free demi-permanent, because that's a whole different type of color, and typically the demis and the semis don't have, they're more of like a staining type of properties instead of like lifting. So we're talking about color that is... Permanent hair color that is ammonia free. Right. Yeah. That's going to actually open Open up the cuticle. cuticle. Yeah. And the reason that they need ammonia is because they need to be alkaline in order to do that. So anything that's going to be, you know, slightly or actually highly or slightly because MEA is not as alkaline as... The ammonia. That's yeah. the whole thing about it. That's why it tends to be odorless. And then there was also this misconception that um, ammonia was more damaging than ethanolamine, but both are exactly the same. Damaging so, to, to what? To the hair. To the hair. Okay. Yeah. So there's this misconception that the ammonia-free is going to be a lot more gentler or gentler on the hair, but it really isn't. It's the same exact thing. I wonder if that's because it's MEA is slightly less alkaline than, or can be slightly less alkaline than the ammonia. Or is it even less alkaline? I don't think it's less alkaline. Because it's... Because I know... The way I read it is that it's has the same alkaline level is what I understood. Some MEAs like don't lift as light as the ammonia-based ammonia. ones. Interesting. I'll have to do more research on that one then. Yeah. Because they really only talked about why it's needed 
Mm-hmm. To just open the cuticle and help deposit or lift color. So really the best route to go as far as MEA versus ammonia is to just go with a hair color line that is low ammonia. Yes. And like ours. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, <laughs> we tend to use a lot of Kenra at our salon and Kenra is low ammonia. Um, so you're looking at two to 3% of ammonia in your color. Um, I know you can probably ask your stylist and hopefully they know the answer to how much ammonia is in their color. But that would be our suggestion is go with a permanent hair color line that is low ammonia. Yes. So basically a lot of these brands or companies like Madison Reed or uh, E-Salon, they are using, are they using ammonia-free permanent hair color? Madison Reed, I know, is one of the ones that is claiming to be ammonia-free. Okay permanent hair color. So that would be something as a consumer to really look into and understand exactly what what is the replacement of the ammonia. Yeah, and if again, if you're listening and you want to dive deeper into it, that website is amazing. She breaks down every single ingredient to where you're kind of like, okay, I understand this. Yeah. Like, I'm understanding what I'm putting on my body. Love it. Um, I know I actually want to go back on that website because there's so much information and it's not just hair dye. It's like, like you said, everything. It's literally everything. Yeah. Household products, makeup, nail polish, everything, which is terrifying. Every time we do these, I'm like, I don't want to use anything. (laughs) I know. We're just going to be like Alicia Keys and like not wear makeup and not do anything to our hair. (laughs) We're going to be the ugly hairdressers. Uh, another one that they really talked about was PPD, which I know you know a little bit more about. Okay, well, yes and no. I just been trying to like understand PPD a little bit more, but I do know that it is um, basically what's in di- in most dye, and that's what actually colors your hair. So, and, and a lot of people are becoming more and more allergic to it and getting like severe re- allergic reactions. And I know for myself, I was using a different hair color brand forever, like a decade or so ago. And I started to become really sensitive to it. Every time I'd color my hair, I would just really get itchy like two to three days after. And I was like, what the heck? Why am I constantly itching on my scalp? And turns out that I was just really sensitive to that particular brand. And so I started like, you know, venturing out and trying to find something that was still going to give me the color and coverage that I was looking for, but also giving me that gentle formulation, which I kind of stumbled upon the Kenra. And by the way, this is, this uh, episode is not sponsored by Kenra Kenra at all, (laughs) (laughs) but I just, you know, that's really the story of how I stumbled upon it. And at the time it was a really new color line. I tried it out and I just felt that my, yeah, I wasn't as itchy um, or not, I was not, not as itchy. I just wasn't itchy. It didn't really feel like I had anything on my hair, which was nice. That's good. So... But, you know, as I've been going through a lot of my clients in the last few years, I'm noticing more and more of them are becoming sensitive to hair dye. 
And one client in particular, she's severely allergic to PPD. Like, if you put PPD on her, she will break out in all of these, like, lumps. Like, all of her lymph nodes, like, in her neck. up. Yep, all around her jaw, her, like, ears. Like, she just gets all these bumps, like, everywhere. And she, she basically is, like, has this allergic reaction, which could potentially cause anaphylactic shock shock yeah and make her like not breathe and oh my gosh. she can you know it's it, it can be severely allergic so she or you know severe allergic reaction to where you need to go to the hospital and get a benadryl shot so you can calm that down <laughs> that's terrifying i know and i also know people who like their skin will just you know uh, swell open because of the ppd so that's kind of just been my experience of it from clients and then myself. Um, I know there's some color lines that claim to be PPD free, which is what, you know, yeah. what, what these e-salon. So they are using a form of PPD, but they're calling it PTDS. So it's... Um... <laughs> this is really hard to say. Tuluin <laughs> 2 and 5-diamine sulfate. I wonder if we have any chemists that like listen to our podcast that are like, don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> Tulin? Okay. I don't know. Um, but it's actually rated worse than PPD. Only by a point, but it's... Um, oh, no, no, no. I read that wrong. It's rated less than PPD. It is rated less. Yes. Okay. But it is still something that will affect you over time. How so? It'll You'll just become more sensitive to it. So, so like your clients. Like yeah. the PPD. Yeah. So over time, it's still going to do the same thing that PPD is doing. I wonder if that's another word for PPT. Because I know there's PPD, PPD with like D as in dog and then PPT as in T as in Tom. <laughs> Jesus, too much for me. <laughs> Let's see. PPT. So I don't know if PPT is what the consumer version of the PTSD. Is that, did I say that right? Uh-huh. Or, P- or no, PTDS. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> PTSD. I can't. All that PPT showed me was PowerPoint. <laughs> That's not what it wants. What does it say that? So PPT is an entirely different ingredient. It's... It looks like it's the same, but just, like, a little bit of a difference. So then what's the, I guess, proper scientific name for that one? Really, Marilla? I just need to know. (laughs) Try, try, try. I don't know if it pertains to color or not, though. Allergyinsight.com. Let's see. Oh, you know what was also super interesting? What? That most of... Even when it was supposed to be an organic, quote-unquote hair color line that you can do at home a lot of them were rated pretty poorly as far as like their toxicity level I think because it's like all the substitutions that they're trying to do Mm. it's not balancing out so organic's not always best for you (laughs) nope (laughs) paratolunim diamine (laughs) you just wanted to laugh at me no I didn't (laughs) I just wanted to know what it was. And the other one was P dash to Tolan Ned 
Wow. Tolanidiamine. Oh, and then there's the other one that I was talking about. Okay. So that's a whole entirely different type of ingredient. But that has to do with, like, dye. Yeah. So it's... They're all pretty similar as far as the P... (laughs) PD and the PPT and then the PTDS. (laughs) That was really hard to say. (laughs) Which both... At home dyes and professional dyes have. Like, it's just something they have in them. (laughs) Yes, all of them have something, one of those in them. Yes. Which I know, like, I've had some friends that, you know, are so severely allergic to all of it that they just kind of, you know, went away from coloring their hair altogether or they've decided to go to henna salon. So those are starting to pop up a lot now. Yeah. So you can actually get your hair colored with henna. But just note that if you decide to go with henna... You can't come back. You can't come back. Yeah. That's just... Henna does not mix well with any sort of hair dye. And I'm talking to to the point where I've had people with smoking foils in my chair because of henna. So if I find out that, you know, you have henna or I see a smoking foil, we rinse it out and send you home. (laughs) You're done. You're done. Yeah, we don't touch it. So be really transparent with your stylist if, in fact, you do use henna. uh, And, you know, it's just really important that you're you're transparent with it so that way we're not going to mess up your hair by accident. There's one more ingredient. Okay. um, And it's called riscorcinol. Okay. Or riscorcinol. Okay. I added another C. Um, It's known to be a strong sensitizer. So same as PPD. Eventually, over time, it'll sensitize your scalp. What is that exactly? Is it it a dye? Or is it, like, not the dye, but, like, the the color? Or what is the purpose of resicinol? Resarcinol. Resarcinol. It is a common ingredient in hair color and bleaching product. That is just an irritant. That's literally all it says. So is this found in at-home hair dyes or at or in salon products? It's definitely found in the Madison Reed hair color. I'm not sure. I kind of want to look at one of our boxes and see what if it's in there. Do we dare? I think we should. Yee. So I guess it is rated an 8 out of 10 in the Skin Deep database. As a sensitizer. And what is skin deep? Uh, that is a great question. Oh, I guess they, that's another really good site to look at. They tell you exactly what the ingredients are and what it'll do to your skin or hair. And apparently the resorcinol can also be a hormone disruptor. It could actually mess with your thyroid over time. Oh, wow. Okay, do you want English or Spanish? You can read it in Spanish. Oh, no. <laughs> or is this in French? I think one side is Spanish, one side's English, and the other is French. Great. So we have, this is a hair color box that we have in our salon. <sighs> Water. <laughs> um, Sarah, something alcohol? Propylene, glycol, ammonia, 
So ammonia is basically like the fifth one down. And I don't know, I see hydronated castor oil, mm. oleic acid, sodium sulfate, fragrance, because you know it's got to smell good. Because <laughs> we need everything to smell good. <laughs> sodium sulfite, ethyl, or ethanolamine. What is that? I feel like that's one of the... Ethanolamine? That's the the version of MEA. That's a version of MEA? Uh-huh. <gasps> so why would something have both ammonia and ethanolamine? Is it ethanolamine or ethanolamine? Oh, it is. That's not... Mm. And then what's the other one? Oh, yeah. I stand corrected. Apparently, Madison Reed does not have resorcinol. They have a different version of it that is better for you. That doesn't, that isn't a hormone disruptor. Which is what? Two dash methyl resorcinol. (laughs) But that sounds like the same thing. I know. Apparently, it's less harsh of an ingredient. Very interesting. So basically on this website, which we really want to dive in a little bit deeper with it, but you can even find out professional hair color lines that in their ingredients and really, you know, dissect it and uh, find out, you know, how toxic it really is for you. I know the lady, I don't know her name that owns the website um, for I read, I read labels for you.com. Is that what it is? Yeah, I read labels for you.com. <laughs> so I read labels for you.com. You can pay her like I think ten or fifteen dollars and she will give you all of the research on all of the ingredients for a specific hair brand, which I thought was really interesting. And it made us really kind of like want I, to I test it pay out. Her. Oh, that's so scary though, right? I know. We're doing this podcast and we just found out that that's what's in this, like yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> what and, else are we using? And that's not to say that this is just one color tube, because each color tube could potentially be completely different. different. Yeah, because each it, each color is series is like formulated so differently. So that's kind of like really, really interesting. Yeah. And I mean, because we use about five different hair color lines in our salon, so it'd be interesting to see what to test them and see what's in all of them yep (laughs) but for the most part now let's let's kind of take this a little bit just slightly deeper here so if you are using box hair dye from over the counter at target or you're doing something like a madison reed or e-salon you know and you want to find out more about the ingredients i my overall assumption is if you are buying something really, really cheap, you're probably getting the worst of the worst ingredients. Because it's supposed to be one size fits all, so you don't know what type of developer is in there, let alone the chemicals that are in there. Yeah. Let's talk about developer really quickly. So developer essentially is the, the peroxide that you're putting into your color. So when you buy a box hair dye, they give you one type of peroxide. And this is supposed to be good for everybody, whoever yeah. picks up the box. So that kind of leads me to to think that it is a high peroxide, high percentage mm-hmm. of peroxide. And peroxide or your developer 
is comprised of H2O2, which is very similar in its composition to water. It just has like the additions of extra oxygen, hence the O2 on there. <laughs> um, so it's providing more oxygen to your color. So all of these ingredients are really in the actual liquid color or in the box hair color. So just kind of keep that in mind. So your developer is completely separate. But your developer, depending on how much oxygen you provide to your color, is how much more it's going to open up your cuticle and how much more damage it could potentially do. Yes, because it could potentially just explode that cuticle. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> that's what H2O2 can do is explode. <laughs> and that that's just, you know, so think of like when you're getting at least, at bare minimum, the box hair dye. Because I, I feel like Esalon, Madison Reed, they're probably, you know, they have their people to help gauge what... What you need and what yeah. you don't need. Like you would at a salon, but the salon's still better, in my opinion. Yes. But if you get the box hair dye, the box hair dye is just going to be that much more damaging. And that much more cheaper ingredients. And that much more toxic for you. And that much more harder to get out. <laughs> When you need it fixed. Oh my gosh, that's a whole other freaking topic. <laughs> Holy crap. Yes. And that's probably because those PPD molecules that are floating around in there, they're super, super tiny and they tend to be like, it's like when you use box hair dye from the market or Target, it's like putting shoe polish on your hair. It's like someone pressing down a crayon or a marker really, really hard and making it so flat. And then you go to the salon and we try to take it out and we just can't. It's awful. There's no magic eraser that's going to take that out. No, just time. Time and haircuts. (laughs) (laughs) In conclusion, (laughs) go to a salon. (laughs) Because your hairdresser probably knows best. And just like we did right now, we did a lot of research on a lot of these ingredients you can go and, you know, ask your stylist about these ingredients further. They might actually not even know really what's in their hair product either. At the end of the day, is it all toxic for you? Probably. Yeah. But are there some things that you can use that are less toxic than others? Yes. Yes. Always. So this is where, you know, we can truly customize a much safer product and formula for you and your hair so that way you're not overkilling your <laughs> hair and your scalp really yeah because we didn't even actually talk about that but there was uh, one of the ingredients where it can actually cause um you said hair loss but there was another one where it can cause like uh, extra dryness to the scalp Oh, was it the twelfth? I forget what one it was. So I totally forgot. We skimmed over that. But, you know, there's a hair color line for everybody. Um, and there's lots of green hair salons kind of popping up everywhere. We kind of mentioned henna salons. But there's green hair salons that carry low ammonia. Or you can even consider using a a no ammonia demi-permanent yeah, and those hair are color. Much more gentler. Much more gentler. They don't open up the cuticle. And they will just give you gray blending, though. So just kind of keep that in mind. They're not designed for the coverage like 
the permanent hair color is designed. So that would kind of be the trade-off if you truly wanted to look at alternatives to having a, a less toxic solution. Or you can go to a nutritionist. You've been going to a nutritionist recently. She's amazing. And you've been learning all about how to like properly detox your body. Right? Yeah. I'm really stinky right now. <laughs> so detox part of the process. You know, you could find out what exactly is going to help detox your body from a lot of these chemicals. And just, again, keep in mind, like, a lot of this stuff is in so much of our beauty products. So we don't want to, like, tell you all this to scare you. <laughs> it's just, you know, be aware. And if you, you know, if, like, time and convenience and all of those things are like a factor for you just bring your laptop to the salon yeah (laughs) it's not easy and if it's cost then we totally understand but try to find a salon that maybe will work in your your budget. budget yeah yeah well i think this wraps up our 10th episode oh my gosh 10 episodes yep and we need more topics guys throw them at us yep we got a couple messages about um some of the topics we've already covered and we thank you for all of your suggestions are very helpful Uh, make sure to follow us on instagram at rebel femme underscore podcast and if you happen to listen to the podcast give uh, maybe like screenshot it and share it on with your friends on instagram let us let them know that we're here plus we want to know that you're listening to us yeah and i think we're pretty funny <laughs> On a good day. Just kidding. Maybe not today. We really needed the coffee today. Ah. Oh, and next week we're going to be actually talking about what we're going to be talking about with Kate. We're bringing on another stylist here at the salon. Her name's Caitlin. And we are going to be talking about it's hairstyle stereotypes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hairstyle stereotypes. I can't wait for that one. <laughs> and I think you guys are going to like have a riot with that. So, oh, all the input yes. is going to be so great. <laughs> <laughs> so we will see you guys next Monday. And thanks for listening. Bye.